0: welcome to club management i'm your host dj shannon and on this show we talk to artists djs and industry professionals on how they're changing their community through music you can listen to the show on any platform like soundcloud spotify or apple podcasts just type club management and this is episode 56 Welcome back to another episode of the Club Management Podcast. Uh, Much love on the last episode with Oscar from the Black Artist Database. I mean, what a crucial episode just filled with loads of gems about ownership, about music history, and just taking control of your art financially. I mean, that's such a big part of the game that people don't talk about. So it's been nice these last couple of episodes to have folks are thinking about that idea in a very futuristic way, whether that be with Web3, um, you know, building platforms on this new decentralized technology that's coming out. I mean, I just think it's incredible. Um, And that is the purpose of this podcast. I really want club management to be this giant think tank for those who may listen um, and, you know, are, are also pondering about these ideas and how to get into them. And I'm glad you guys are enjoying the dialogue. Thank you so much to everyone who's reached out. Um, but I got to say, you know, though, it's it's been really hard to keep up and stay tapped in with coming up with ideas lately because there's just so much disparity going on in the world, whether that's from the war in Ukraine inflation just tearing everybody up. I mean, we're definitely feeling it here in New York City. And then we just had a really horrific um, mass subway shooting the other day. I mean, it's been a lot to just take all of this in. And it can really weigh you down so heavy on your mental space, you know. Um, Honestly, I almost found myself not wanting to do the podcast this week and last uh, and the week before, because I just had so much weighing on me mentally and emotionally from the current events. And that anxiety was sort of coupled with, you know, the feeling of wanting to do more, needing to do more because you feel like you're not doing enough, which creates its own set of anxieties. Uh, if you're a person like me who always feels like they have to overachieve and do beyond the minimum, um, that can get kind of wild to grapple with, Um, So yeah, we're going to talk about it all. That leads me to this topic for today, which is just about taking care of your mental health. And this conversation can certainly extend to nightlife and music as well, because I think sometimes the lines can get blurred between uh, your workplace as a DJ and taking care of yourself in the industry. Obviously, having to stay out long nights for all my DJs who tour and travel, that is Constant travel is always putting wear and tear on your body and can also make you feel burnt out mentally. I mean, the list goes on. So, you know, I just want to, before we get into it, I just want to go on a little tangent here. I had this light bulb moment back in February where I played a show every weekend. And as you guys know, I'm a full time writer, full time interviewer outside of DJing. So, obviously, I'm working my nine to five. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know, I really had to stop and grapple with myself. I was like, can I see myself playing a show every weekend and balancing the full time job? I mean, (laughs) you know, there's is there a way that I can honestly get an adequate amount of rest and function for work? Um, And of course, knowing me, I'm going to do it anyways. Right. Because I don't think I should have to sacrifice one thing over the other. I absolutely love all of what's happening in my life right now from my writing endeavors um, and my DJ, but I need to plan it in a way where I don't feel burnt out, right? And I think that's really the emphasis of this episode is just trying to make sure that our mental health and our physical health stays at peak performance so that we can pour back into the things that we love, for me, one of the biggest things in optimizing my mental health was getting rid of drinking, you know, like cutting back on drinking completely. When you see me out at a show, I'm rarely drinking before I'm getting on the decks or even just enjoying the show. If I'm not playing, going out to see friends, I'm not drinking so much anymore. Um, it's just a personal choice. I don't personally enjoy that cloudy feeling that you get the next day when you've had too much to drink. Not that I'm a heavy drinker, but, yo, my tolerance level has declined (laughs) significantly since 2020. And it'll take a good three drinks for me, and I'm out the game, man, so... You know, I'm minimizing all of that. You're going to hear me talk a little bit about the boxing classes that I've been taking up. um, And those, I mean, they're just they've been so life changing. One, because it's fun. Everyone that comes to the class is just like full of energy. And two... There's this immense amount of clarity that you get when you step out of those classes. For any of my people who love going to the gym, you probably experience the same thing where you step out of a class and you can instantly feel all that tension at the top of your head or... All the things that you were worried about or, or stressing about for the week, they just literally evaporate <laughs> and you can you can see things so clearly. And I really love that feeling. And it's almost like I'm trying to chase it every time I go to the class now. So you're going to hear us talk about, uh, you know, health, different ways that you can really take care of your your physical health with exercise. And um, we're going to split this into three series. So over the next couple of weeks, you're going to hear from different people in the nightlife industry, um, or different creatives who are, yeah, balancing their mental health with their art. That's such a huge topic for me, and I want to give a big thank you to anyone that participated and, and shared their perspectives for this uh, series. Without further ado, we've got two back-to-back convos for today one with producer and DJ Kawhi who's one of the masterminds behind the Hot and Spicy Party and online mix series as well Um, and he just had a really candid chat with me about um, his experience during the pandemic and how that year really helped to change his perception around health and well-being Um, we also talked about FOMO and how that can really really create anxiety being out in nightlife and you know, obviously being in New York where so many things are happening at once. So I am happy and so excited to bring this chat with you. And then we got another one coming up. So stay tuned.
1: Uh, I'm from Bay Area, in California, but I have lived in New York for 10 plus years now. So I guess technically people say that makes me a New Yorker, but I don't think I it does. Um, but... Yeah, I've been in New York quite a long time. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think throughout my life, I've always been involved in music in some way or form. Um, You know, just typical kind of Asian upbringing, classical instruments, piano, orchestra, all that stuff. But I think I really found my footing as I was growing up, uh, really in the punk and metal scene. So I think I played in bands quite a bit growing up. and throughout college, but I think in college, that's when I started to discover electronic music and started to go out into New York to, I guess, like long running techno plate shows like The Bunker and just kind of going forth from there. So um, started DJing, I guess, maybe in 2014 and 15, like seriously bought like my first pair of turntables uh, and don't remember the exact year, maybe in 2018, I guess it's three or four years ago, uh, started Hot and Spicy with my friend Nicole. Um, and that was a monthly party ran at, uh, we basically had a residency at Mood Ring uh, for a Saturday each month. And, uh, you know, we had the idea of just making a party where we booked uh, only POC artists. Um, and, you know, we did that for a good amount of time until COVID hit. Uh, we haven't restarted it yet, so I'm sure if it will keep going but uh, you know, for about I guess three years, I guess we the last one last shows was the third year anniversary uh, we were starring shows, and yeah I mean it was a great time
0: that's awesome, yeah, I was gonna say so there there might be a plan to bring hot and spicy back, yeah, because what you guys were doing before the pandemic was awesome, and I really love that. Um, you took that club experience online with SoundCloud doing the Hot and Spicy uh, DJ series as well which I thought was so cool.
1: Yeah I mean I think we wanted to do two things right. Um, Obviously we had we had a lot of friends that played but you know some some bigger artists at the time played but we always wanted to search for folks who were you know wanted an opportunity to play and wanted an opportunity to shine so we always gave like shout outs, asking people you know, if they wanted to play, reach out to us, we can talk, we can try to figure something out. And having that SoundCloud that we did and being able to like record all the sets during the party, then uh, putting it up on the SoundCloud, it allowed you know, to give that artist an opportunity to you know, show their stuff and have a mix up. So that was definitely kind of the whole goal, goal of it.
0: Mm-hmm. And I actually uh, discovered your music through the Hot and Spicy edit series. Um, And there were two songs or two tracks that I really, really loved. This was uh, the act up edit that you did and then the sexy back edit as well. (laughs) That was like, in 2020, I was playing that like religiously on all of my DJ shows around the city. So kudos to you for those two edits.
1: (laughs) I I love to hear that. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of those edits, I mean, we released like a a whole SSEP, edit EP. Yeah. uh right at the beginning of COVID um just to have something out there to try to support I think all the artists that played Han Spice because he put it out uh and all the proceeds went to split to every you know performer that played uh during during the party uh but a lot of those edits were yeah I mean kind of fun little things like oh I really want to play this song at the show yeah. oh let me just make it a you know, silly little edit right before. Um, but the, the Sexy Back one was quite a fun one to make. Um, and the Act Up one was, I think when I was really starting to delve more into learning how to do, like, production a little more seriously. So sometimes I listen back to it, and I'm like, oh, geez, it sounds not that great. I could make it sound <laughs> so much better
0: now. <laughs> no, it sounds good. Um, you know, 2020 was an interesting time because I feel like, it was this mix between, oh my God, what the hell is going on globally? And everyone was still trying to hold on to a piece of whatever made them happy at that time, whether it was music, poetry, film, podcasting even. Um, so we saw a, a great level of creativity during that time. And um, you know, with you, with your, with your edits, um, and then there was another track that you had came out with around that time. It was like this hard techno track. I believe it was called Isolation. Um, yeah, I really, really love that tune as well. Um, you know, how was that time for you? Cause it's, it's, yeah, it's been a while on reflecting about all of that, you know?
1: <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think it's a traumatic time for everybody, right? and uh, I think we all dealt with it in our own ways. Um, for me, I mean, it was, it was difficult. It was a difficult time. Uh, I lived alone by myself, um, and basically didn't see anybody for like two months straight maybe six feet away like dropping off something at the height of it like nobody hung out with each other and I was pretty strict of you know trying to adhere to the rules so yeah for a good amount of time it was it was just very isolating right so definitely one of the ways I cope with it was making making music and a lot of the music that I was making at the time and I'm still making now is, was really not very dance music uh, oriented. It was just more things that were emotional and things were like that. Yeah, I mean, I was feeling feelings of isolation, depression, anxiety, all of these different things. So I guess that just kind of came out in the music that I was making, yeah.
0: No, and uh, hey, look, music is often used as a tool to reflect and as a source of therapy and catharsis in times like that, you know? And I know I really kneeled on my music and, and, and really flocked to all my creative endeavors during that time to just kind of keep my mind, <laughs> you know, away from all of it or to process my feelings. So I totally get it. Um, you know, I, I say that to say, I think 2020 really made me prioritize my mental health and really made me reflect on things that I just never really knew, realized, like, you know, I need to take breaks. I need to um, take more time to just reset and re-energize um, in, in life, period, you know, not just for, not when, just when disaster strikes, but like moving forward, I really want to make conscious steps to live a life where I have a work-life balance and I'm prioritizing my family and friends and free time over work, you know? Um, um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, the work that you do and, you know, how wellness has been a source of therapy for you outside of music?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I, so I work I work in a tech company um, and I'm one of the wellness, wellness leads in, uh, the the Asian kind of employee resource group at at the, uh, at the company. It talked, it deals with a lot about wellness, mental wellness, physical wellness, but it also deals with a lot of other activism working with other, uh, they call it ERGs, uh, um, working with, uh, other groups inside the company to when things come up basically to that are traumatic. Right. So, um, I guess in that space, I mean, I've always been a very strong mental health advocate. Um, and just in context of that, I mean, I've, you know, I've been diagnosed with depression um, and anxiety. I've lived with it for, you know, 10 plus years, probably even more than that. Uh, and I've also been going to therapy, um, let's say, over 10 years here uh, on and off. So... Definitely one of my biggest things and passions in life is really trying to destigmatize uh, mental health. Um, But I think definitely even pre, pre uh, pandemic, uh, you know, mental health is like, I think definitely a priority for me, but also something that I was trying to navigate. I think Mm
2: -hmm.
1: working, um, pursuing my hobbies, running hot and spicy And it definitely felt like uh, at some points, you know, in that time, I was definitely not prioritizing my mental health. Um, And I think it's hard sometimes being in in nightlife because you can burn out quite easily, right? Um, You know, even if you are not working another job, I mean, a lot of us have to do that to be able to, you know, uh, survive. Um, Even if you're doing full-time music, you know, you can perhaps live a lifestyle that might burn you out by partying too much or going out too much. And, you know, I've definitely experienced that in the past. I've actually, you know, to prioritize my mental health, uh, I became sober. I think, I think now it's five or six years ago. Um, And I think that definitely helped to kind of take away some of the burnout of being in nightlife and, you know, navigating that was a difficult thing, but uh, really prioritizing my health Uh, prioritizing um, my mental health and physical health, I climb a lot. So I think that's kind of a a way for me to, a therapeutic way for me to uh, relieve stress also. Um, I definitely found myself very much burnt out. um, Wanting to do all these things, wanting to achieve all of these goals with work, wanting to achieve all these goals with hot, hot and spicy and you know, at some point, I just felt so burnt out. I feel like stretched thin in all in all areas, right? And I definitely had to make a conscious effort. I think, you know, a year and a half in, I was feeling so burnt out. I just personally, for me, I had to take a pause on the parties. I said, "Hey, I'm going to take a few months break from from the party. Uh, I will come back with a better outlook and better, basically better mental health," right? So
0: you mentioned something really important i think that there's sometimes a misconception that um you know what we do as djs you know we're partying we're we're the life of the party we're around so much um high energy there's a a a misconception that maybe that um that's supposed to you know just kind of come with the territory and like that's the environment that we should always you know be around um that having so much social uh, interaction in one month or, you know, for extended periods of time can become exhausting. And that was something that I realized um, when I first started going back to DJing when clubs were kind of opening up. I'm saying to myself, all right, well, I'm I'm where I want to be, but man, this is a lot, you know, especially after being tucked away for two years, almost two years with the pandemic and then having to go out and be, you know, energetic in front of a crowd or, you know, mingle with people, that was kind of hard for me coming out of lockdown.
1: Definitely. It was definitely heightened, right? Because, yeah. you know, we had two years of not wanting to, not being able to do it, but then feeling like once you're open, you know, I have to make, you know, take advantage of it and, you know, I don't want to miss out on anything, right? Uh,
2: and that FOMO. It was,
1: yeah, FOMO, the FOMO. And <laughs> honestly, I think the FOMO, even despite that, even in the past, like it's, it was always there, right. You're always, there's always something that's going on in New York, right. There's always a show that you want to hit. There's 10 million shows that are happening, you know, every weekend that you want to go to. But um, I think, yeah, if any, if there's anything I learned during um, the pandemic and, you know, that time of rest in a way um, it's that, you know, you have to prioritize certain things. And if that means prioritizing your mental health and missing that one show, you know, you got to tell yourself, you know, we're in New York. It's going to come back again. Right. Of course.
0: There's it's, so much
1: stuff going on. It'll be fine. Right. And just <laughs> you rest. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Prioritizing sleep. That was a big thing as well, um, because obviously with our with nightlife work, you can be out until 2, 6 a.m., Hey, look at nowadays you can be out for an entire day and party if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, that was something that also that I'm trying to do now is create a sleep schedule for myself. Um, I've actually picked up boxing and Mm -hmm. I don't drink as much when I'm playing shows. In fact, I probably have a beer, you know, a beer once every other show or maybe not even at all. Um, just because getting older now, I'm 31, the hangovers are not so good. (laughs) You wake up feeling super cloudy in the morning, and you can't get things done. I'm not a big fan of that feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know, I I just feel like maybe the pandemic made this switch go off in my brain that, um, you know, you, you need to take better care of yourself, because there's so much positive happening in my life. And I'm sure you feel the same way. There's so many great opportunities that I really wanted to show up to each and every last one of those opportunities, just with a clear mind and just ready to work and, and create more. Um, because maybe I felt like, I don't know. I mean, I think that just the life just felt so so fragile and so compromised in 2020. And I felt like I, I just didn't want to waste any of it. You know.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, during the priority, we all had to learn to how precious health is, right? I think, especially if we're living in New York, we were surrounded by people getting sick, um, a lot of, you know, deaths and all these things happening, right? And all of that stress, all of that trauma, we had to find some way to to be okay, right? And had to develop forms the resilient resiliency and techniques to be able to cope through everything. So for some folks, yes, it was, you know, resting, re- realizing the sleep more, picking up some type of physical activity. Cause you know, it made us, our minds feel good. And uh, you know, when our body, you know, definitely I'm a big advocate when our body feels good, I think the mind kind of follows also. Right. So, you know, we had to pick that up to cope and, coming out of it, I think those are things we're still keeping in mind and realizing and wanting to continue on, even though there's all these million other things to do, you know, we're realizing, you know, how important health is and how important to, to prioritize that, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because without it, it's like, that's literally, you've lost the foundation of being able to do anything else, right? So I think it's yep. so important. Um, you had mentioned you do rock climbing. Um, what other Forms of exercise or mental health practices that uh, you use to just kind of stay clear and, and stay healthy.
1: I think physical wellness has always been uh, a huge, huge part uh, of my mental health journey. Uh, before it was, I, I used to do weightlifting, like Olympic weightlifting, um, until I hurt my back. Uh, then I had to kind of find a, a new thing. So I started climbing. but. Climbing is kind of like my main thing uh, that I do. I'm pretty uh, obsessive about it. So a lot of training uh, and uh, going to the gym kind of three, two, three times a week. Um, and, you know, just clearing my head when I'm, when I'm doing it. Is it uh, scary
0: though?
1: I, yeah, go ahead.
0: I was going to say, is it scary, the, the, the rock climbing?
1: It can be, but it's also, I mean, at the gym, it's pretty safe. you would hope because of, uh, there's a lot of padding or you're on a rope, um, and you're relatively safe, but I have kind of sprained my ankle quite badly (laughs) before too. Um, but I think if you're in the zone and you're in like a Zen space, and I think this is a lot with a lot of physical wellness activities. Um, you know, all the fear and all the thoughts just kind of go away and you're just in the zone and that's what i love about it you kind of just are able to clear your mind right mm-hmm. um and in a lot of ways i mean i felt that way when i used was going out a lot in you know 2016 2017 2015 of going to these like marathon raves um sober uh dancing was definitely a form of like almost meditation and just the freeing of thoughts right so um I'm definitely not as, I'm not doing it as much as I used to, but it was definitely, you know, in a way, very therapeutic for me.
0: Mm -hmm. I also just wanted to mention, um, even though, you know, there are times where we want to take some time away from being um, around the the dance music scene or just take some time to ourselves to, to rest and reset, Um, I think it's just so important for listeners to remember just because you are taking that time for yourself doesn't necessarily mean, again, that you're missing out on anything or that um, you're behind on anything. Because that's also something that kind of pops up in my head from time to time, that feeling of imposter syndrome where I'm like, well, I should be doing more. I see people, you know, performing two, five shows a week and, you know, I'm not doing as much. Um, but that's certainly not the case. Do you ever feel that way as well?
1: I think I used to definitely. I mean, let's say just being out there and 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 you know being present and you know uh, around, right? But you know, I had to learn, you know, <laughs> sometimes things can take priority over it because if you're not you know, if you're not well physically, if you're not well mentally and the best version of yourself, you know, it's, it's gonna be hard to achieve any of those goals maybe that you want. Um, and, you know, i definitely felt that way with when I was doing the hot and spicy shows, you know, I had all these grand ideas of what I wanted to do and having to, you know, do it every month uh, and really sticking to that schedule. Um, I had to, you know, when I was feeling so burnt out, I had to kind of let go of that and be like, hey, you know, um, I need to prioritize my health and kind of telling myself, you know, just because I'm not gonna be there doesn't mean it's not gonna be okay, right? Wow. So I took a few months off, it went completely fine. I didn't stress about it and I came back and it was like exactly the same, right? So <laughs> it's like we have to tell ourselves, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm so happy. I'm happy that, um, you know, you found a, a good rhythm and balancing your mental health, balancing all the things that you love to do and and also finding um, a career path in, in the mean in between time which I think is really cool. Um, you know I, I'm a full-time blogger and thank God it allows me enough income to survive in New York with all these like high prices and high rent. <laughs> so I feel blessed to have um, you know some stable income and, and still be able to pursue my passions and projects. Um, so that also sort of gives me a sense of, uh, support or, you know, makes me also feel happy with, in terms of my mental health, because I know that, you know, if I'm not booked for a bunch of shows in one month, I know at least I have some sort of, some form of income coming in. So, um, that's another thing. I think that artists should never be afraid to put their well-being, their safety, their financial safety, uh, Mm um this first before anything you know um and i think a lot of artists saw that in 2020 that you know if your shows are canceled and you don't have other forms of income coming in you know they had to reassess and really figure out different ways and i think a lot of people just got so creative in the way that they were able to pull in income whether that was through Bandcamp day that was Mm -hmm. to twitch or you know doing podcasts even so um it was kind of like a it was a double edged sword for a lot of folks, but it also really got people thinking about, okay, well, how can I make other forms of income and still do music and still be creative?
1: Yeah, I think I think, you know, the the community really came together rallying around Bandcamp Day and you know, the folks who were able to produce or learned how to produce and were putting out stuff. I mean, we saw uh, you know, some amazing amazing things come out of that, right? And just I think it's carried through till today where, yeah, I think a lot of folks are realizing, hey, I, you know, I can self-release my own music. I can uh, put it up there and people want to buy it, right? And I can actually uh, make an income that way also, so.
0: That's a fact. Um, music-wise, are you working on any projects that you plan to release in, in the next coming months or in the next year or so?
1: Yeah, I'm working I'm working on some music again. Like it's it's uh not very really dance music-ish. Uh I think it's just continuing the vein of some of the stuff I've been making, but it's more kind of like on the on the poppy side of things. I don't know. I think I just discovered, you know, oh, I really enjoy making some of this music also. So uh hopefully we'll be releasing a single or EP soon, maybe in the next, maybe next month or so. So uh yeah, I mean be on the lookout for that.
0: All right, we're coming out of the interview between me and Kawhi from Hot and Spicy. Killer DJ. Um really excited and I'm happy to to hear that the hot and spicy Series is coming back soon, so I will definitely be there. But yeah, let's jump into the second combo for the show. So for the second half of the show, I'm excited to share another lovely chat that I had with a producer and DJ who's actually the former Half Moon archive director. His name is Darian. And I discovered Darian's tracks last year when Never Say Ruin dropped their compilation album, which featured one of his insane Toro emo edits. Uh, But he's been on a roll since dropping his first EP, Surprise Emoji, with Sorry Records. That came out back in 2020. And he's just been doing his thing, DJing. This summer, he'll make his debut at Shaker Mountain Festival in upstate New York in June. Uh, But like most artists, we're sensitive about our shit. (laughs) And me and Darian bonded over some of our anxieties that we face creatively, which can come in all types of forms, from Over criticizing yourself to fearing other people's perceptions of your art. And Darian opened up to me about some of the ways he protects his mental health and how it's important to give yourself credit for your success instead of self doubt. Check this out.
3: Yeah, therapy has been like a super big part of my life for the past almost uh, four years now. I started in 2018. Well, actually, I technically started in like uh, 11th grade, which was like, uh, like 2015 or something like that.
2: yeah.
3: And, um, but it, I only did it for a couple of months, because I just never really like opened up and never really gave it a shot, a fair shot, really. But, um, but definitely, but like in 2018, I was going through like a really bad breakup. And I ended up like started doing it just because it helped me deal with like, because I would just get really bad anxiety. And like, I was, I was going to Baruch at the time, and I would be in like math class and get like panic attacks and would have to like leave the room. And it was, it, it was, it was like really bad. And I started, then I started doing it. It just helped me kind of, I don't know, learn how to learn how to like properly address those things without like, in, in like a non-toxic way. And, and like now it's just constantly having a way to kind of like check in and talk about, you know, what's going on in my life, how best can I deal with it? Whether it's related the problem with like relationships, whether it's like dating or like friends, Mm-hmm. or like um or like and more specifically for this like with music and how and i mean music is a really emotionally taxing uh like hobby to hobby or profession any any of those things it's really emotionally taxing yeah. especially if you really like are diving deep into it mm-hmm.
1: so it's
3: definitely really nice to have you know through because i'm like a producer and dj and it's like just like there's someone like it's doing doing um having professions that kind of lean on to a degree other people's perception of you and like and how people take your music or your or your mixes it's like it can get like especially early on it's really frustrating but it definitely it always is frustrating but it definitely changes in ways
0: yeah wait a minute so, that's the thing i don't think people talk about that enough that like even though we, you know, we DJ, I don't produce, but, um, I've listened to a lot of your production. I'm a big fan. Thank you. That, that must be an, an anxiety inducing process of like putting something out and not knowing how people are going to receive it. Like,
3: <laughs> yeah. no, yeah. Especially like, yeah, early on when you like just start and you like barely know what you're doing, you don't know, like if what you're doing is good and it's just, and you're like, you're just terrified of what people would think. I think it's, it's important to remember and like, it's important to remember that you, that like, nobody really cares about what you put out. Yeah. Like you, when you, when you just start putting out, you're probably like, depending obviously on where you are and like, you know, your music career, let's say you've been DJing. It's very different versus like when I started producing, I wasn't a DJ I wasn't like deep in any scene or anything. I was just, just started making music because like my friends made music and I got Ableton and I was like, oh, I'll just make some like hip hop beats or whatever. Yeah. And um, and I started in uh, 2018 also. Actually, No, yeah, the beginning of 2018, I started.
0: Going back to the anxiety um, part of this, I'm finding myself now when I'm out and DJing, I get a lot of like stage anxiety before I go yeah. on and like that probably lasts for the maybe like the first 15 minutes of my set yes. and then I'm able to kind of open up but um yeah i'm just finding myself being hyper critical of like my blends while i'm up there and like yeah. sometimes that, that energy kind of transfers over into the set if that makes sense Oh,
3: yeah definitely definitely i've always i've always talked about this especially as i've been gigging more like the first 10 15 minutes of your set are always the most like like unless unless you're like coming on and it definitely depends on like when you're playing throughout the night but yeah the first 15 minutes when you're uncomfortable you're coming on let's say you're like you know you're coming on like peak time or something you're coming off of somebody else's set and you just gotta you just gotta kind of keep the energy you either can like decide to like reset it or keep the energy on whatever but those first 10-15 minutes are always like just like rough because it's like you always you gotta wait till you catch like two or three good blends and then you start feeling yourself
0: yeah.
3: but like if you but like if you start sometimes like that first blend is like rough and you're like oh shit this is not going well sets
0: <laughs> yes, the whole mood for the show. you know what I mean
3: <laughs> no yeah it's it's, it's like it, it can definitely it's definitely nervous but then if, once you catch like a couple good blends then you then you start feeling yourself and you're like oh all right, no, nah, no, nah, nah, I'm, I'm nice at this. I forgot I'm nice at this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, so that's the thing. I'm trying to, like, get over that hurdle because I'm like, I know I'm not a bad DJ, but, like, yeah. I just, you know, have to work through that stage fright. Um, but, yeah, actually, going back to your, your sort of early beginnings as a producer, I caught on to your edits over the summer, actually, um, when you did this really freaking cool Tori Moi edit I forget the name of uh what it was called
3: oh yeah was that on the um wait oh I've, two, I've
0: one compilation
3: oh on the compilation oh, okay yeah um yeah. I I think it's like couldn't tell you more about this because I had an older Tori Moi edit called I don't even remember what the name is but it's on my SoundCloud yeah. but um but yeah it's, it was like my second Tori Moi edit but um yeah oh that
0: was so good um and then obviously you came out with a ep with sorry records was that last year or
3: no that was that was 2020 that was in the pandemic that was my first like release ever like real release outside of just like posting loose stuff on soundcloud
0: oh that's awesome
3: yeah
0: um so yeah talk about how you just sort of dived into production and and how you found that world
3: yeah so I mean my I have two of my friends um where I've been like one of my friends has been a producer since like high school mm-hmm. so I always knew so like him and then I had another friend that was like a rapper since high school so I, that was when I first learned about like Ableton and that kind of stuff and like sometimes when I don't uh, over their house I would like try and mess around with Ableton but I have no idea what I was doing so it would never I never really caught on but it wasn't until like twenty set when I was in my freshman year of college. I was in South Carolina. I didn't really have too many friends and I had a ton of free time. I would just I would just have a ton of free time in my dorm and I just like started just like screw I would like start screwing around on um, like garage band and just making, you know, just doing random stuff. Didn't really no nothing nothing serious came out of that. But then once I but then once I um but then the the next year, yeah, in twenty seventeen, um, when I was home, when I moved back home and started going to Baruch, um, I was, uh, I had, yeah, like I said, I had a ton of free time. It was just, just like staying in my room and just I ended up getting down, downloading Ableton Beta, or of the, the light version of Ableton, which. It's just like a really simplified version of Ableton, which I greatly recommend people who want to start producing get to that and not like the full Ableton. Yeah. But but yeah, and then that and once I started once I started playing with Ableton Light, I was mostly just sampling. I didn't really know any music theory at that point. I was just like doing a bunch of sampling. I wanted to be like Madlib and like Dilla and stuff and like MF Doom and stuff like that, where I'm just like making beats and stuff. Yeah. Um But uh, it wasn't until like 2019 until that was when I started actually making like dance stuff because I became a part of, uh, I was a part of Half Moon at at that time. And I was like, I was like a studio manager and also did like all the archiving on Mixcloud.
0: It seems but, like Half Moon was like the a place for a lot of people to get their, you know, culture. Cultivated-
3: no, yeah, Half Moon was a very it was a very special place for like for for a while up until like the pandemic. It was a very special place where a lot of people got like learned either learned how to DJ or like really like caught their come up and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was it was definitely a special place and I like randomly fell onto it because I was trying i was trying to you know get into like audio engineering and stuff and they were looking for like assistant studio managers and i thought at first i thought that half moon was like a recording studio or something i wasn't paying attention (laughs) i saw it on on twitter um and i ended up like looking into it i looked at the website and i was like oh it's a radio station okay and i ended up just like applying anyways because it's still in the the same general field but um i ended up applying and i got and i got it and yeah, and then I started working there and I met a ton of people. I mean, I met like many, most of the people I'm friends with now on the scene, I met through Half Moon. So it was just, it was definitely a special time. But um, that was when I started making dance music or dance like more adjacent, like electronic music and stuff like that. And, um, and, but it wasn't until like the summer of 2019, I think, where I made like this weird edit of, um, of like a clip of like a, a quick yeah a clip on Twitter that Kawhi Leonard, the basketball player, posted. And in the, in the clip, he says like, let's get it. And I just made like a weird edit of it. And, um, and, it, and, and I ended up, yeah, and I made an edit and like Kush, and Kush Jones ended up like quote retweeting was like, Oh, this is sorry Cause I met Kush at half moon. And then when I actually met him and like swish, I didn't know who they were and I didn't know, like, they were like a big deal, which was funny. But, um, but, yeah. And, and like and that was like the first time that like I felt that like my ideas might actually be pretty good. Mm-hmm. And that's and I think like getting getting over that first hill, when, especially when early on in producing that like your ideas might actually be pretty good is definitely the hardest part. Mm-hmm. Just catching that like first wind of confidence is a really is really hard, at least for me, because I'm really self-critical of myself.
0: No, I was gonna say, but then like building that tailwind of consistency and like yeah. always putting out, that is the really the hardest part.
3: Yeah, it was definitely yeah, it was definitely like it was like that. And then just like with more of my releases, like a lot of the people that I would just like meet through Half Moon would like support it and would like it and then would like it and some people would even like play it out I remember like I woke up I woke up one day and I saw that like one of my one of my like old old SoundCloud um, Toro edits was played at Boston I was like whoa I was like oh my god it was it was pretty crazy um it played it but um but yeah it's it's like it's kind of stuff like that and I think the big the biggest thing is finding is finding a community of people that like understand
0: mm.
2: what you're
3: doing you know.
0: That is the hugest thing. It's like building that community, having supportive friends where when you go to when you do go into those moments of uncertainty, you have people that are able to, you know, boost up your confidence and, and yeah. keep going. That's so important. Um, you know, just kind of piggybacking off of the idea of like <laughs> having nerve-wracking DJ sets. Do you remember your first DJ set?
3: Um, yeah, I do. I've actually have not been gigging for that long i mean i've only been djing for like it's going to be three years in like june or something like that uh, you know? really no yeah i've only i haven't been doing this for very long
0: <laughs> that's awesome man
3: yeah.
0: you i might always listen to your mixes and they always sound good
3: <laughs> thank, you, thank you thank you Nah. yeah i definitely have not been doing this for very long it's kind of like it's kind of like with um elise because me and Tiana's kind of started djing at a similar time and we both started at half moon which is funny mm-hmm. but um what um but yeah um sorry see like I got kind of went off track <laughs> okay. but, um, yeah my my first my first DJ set I guess like for an actual gig I was playing at the Ace Hotel in Manhattan because half day they, they were like I don't know they were like they had they were asking Half Moon to like give them DJs I don't remember like what day of the week it was so it was probably like a weekend or something like that mm-hmm. but we would just like be playing in the lobby just be playing whatever and like and I was and I would just like play like house music or whatever and it it went it went mostly it went mostly well it wasn't anything it wasn't playing a party that luckily it was not playing a party um so that that was that was pretty chill it was pretty like low stress but like the first time i played an actual party was also at the ace hotel it was for like um it was some club i don't remember what club it was but it was some club they were they were having they had like they were having some sort of celebration there and the guy was like asking me about it, it was like it was a, a club at like Columbia or something. But the guy was asking me to play like trap shit and like, you know, popular trap stuff and um and, and like, you know, top top 100 trap, that kind of stuff. Um, and I was and I was like talking to him and I was like, you know, I'm going to be honest, you're not paying me to do this. The hotel is paying me to do this and I'll I'll play trap stuff. I'll play stuff that I like, though. I'm not going to play what you're asking me to do. And ended up not going too well, but you know, it ended up yeah people I mean I was I was being pretty lazy with a lot of transitions and stuff. But at the same time, it was just yeah they weren't really uh, enjoying it very much. And then at the end, I just ended up start I started playing house music because I was like yeah I'm tired of this I don't I don't want to do this. But I would say that also also yeah so starting off DJing a good thing for your mental health, play music that you enjoy.
2: Yeah, that's a fact.
3: It's not fun when you're DJing and you're just playing shit just to like kind of just, even even if the crowd's having fun, if you're not playing stuff you enjoy, it's not, it isn't that fun. You just become, you feel like you just become a playlist and stuff. Like,
0: that's a fact. it feels like it becomes a chore, you know? And um, it's funny that you mentioned that because some of my first DJ gigs were, yeah, very hip hop oriented. And of course, I'm a huge hip hop fan but after a while you want to go into those other bags and explore
2: yeah.
0: the different sounds that you're collecting and luckily thankfully the group that you know allowed me to kind of cultivate my DJ skills in China were pretty open um, you know with sound selection and whatnot so I don't think I've had too many bad experiences besides maybe an emergency loop might kick in or
2: oh,
3: yeah. <laughs> well, luckily I have never had that happen to me yet so I
0: <laughs> <laughs> or you might have like a crowd goer you know shove the phone in your face asking for yeah. text, but nothing too too bad but yeah
3: no yeah getting getting the phone shoved in your face is always annoying i remember i was playing at Bossa for a XMBZ party and I was playing like I was just playing a bunch of techno, and this person just like runs up to me and asks like if I could play like Rihanna for their friend's birthday. I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm doing that. <laughs> like, do you hear what I'm playing? Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Well, I'm not gonna lie though. I was at Jupiter Disco last weekend, and I played We Found Love, and it went off. I woke go- up. <laughs> <laughs> it
3: no, it's definitely awesome. like when yeah when you, when you hit people when you hit the when you do it right, and you just hit them with like a classic pop song. it, it goes crazy.
0: <laughs> but yeah what are you listening to currently like what's what What are some of your influences musically
3: um a big influence I guess yeah big influence on myself and like the music that I make is like John Beltron. he's like this um OG like uh Detroit techno producer but like he does like this really interesting stuff with like melodies and polyrhythms I don't know how to explain it the best but um But yeah, he makes like, he does, he's just really good with that. He's like, I said, with melodies and like, and just his drum work is really interesting, but that's definitely a big uh, influence on me. But also like um, when I make clubs music, like Osx is a super, big like influence for how i make club, like club music if i could if i could play like eight asa awesome extracts in a, in a in a set i would do it but i would feel i would i, I can't i can't do that <laughs> <laughs> like i'll do it maybe like live if i'm in a space where i know like people aren't gonna know that i'm played eight asa awesome extracts And a row. like if i went out of state i might do it but i can't be in new york doing that i feel like that's a little too much <laughs>
0: Oh, come on. I mean, I, if there's a way to do it where you can, like, hide them in between different tracks, right?
2: Oh,
3: yeah, definitely. Like, like it's not it's not like anything. It's just, like, I don't know. I'm definitely someone that, like, doesn't like playing too much stuff from the same producer in my sets. Yeah. I like just constantly switching it up. Yeah. But, I mean, sometimes the, the music is just too good. Yeah. And, um, but, um, but yeah, Ossox is definitely a huge influence on, like, whenever I make club stuff, I always, like, reference, like, um, Swisha tracks a lot whenever I'm making a lot of club stuff Um, those are definitely them uh, and then the UK a lot of UK music is a big influence even though I'm not that good at making UK music it's definitely an influence on just just like on how it's definitely influenced more on my DJing than um, my production
0: Mm -hmm, of course I absolutely love UKG 4 4 Garage is something that I've been a lot lately um it's funny I I saw you were on Twitter the other day and you were saying something to the effect of you just played so many shows that you need to like take a break which is like exactly my sentiment uh last month I played a show every weekend and by the end of the month I was like dude I don't think I could play every weekend that's tiring and shit
3: yeah it's 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 it gets exhausting especially like I don't know the way and maybe in the way I am I don't like like kind of replaying the same music over and over again in like a short succession so it like so it gets to the point where it's like I'm constantly buying new music Mm. and like I don't have that much time to prepare with the new tracks and I'm like I just it doesn't sound that good or it's just like like with like this past month I had like a gig in on the 14th and then I had like a mix and then I had playground radio and then I had another gig and the end of the week and it was just like and it just got like I just got like so tired. And then this this next month I have some stuff coming up, but um I just got so tired of like constantly being out or like having to prepare something, and then then like cause, and then I get like stuck doing like playing tracks that I don't really know, and then it doesn't really sound that good. And now I'm like oh my god, because it definitely hit when I play. I was playing at I was closing at Moudring on the 31st and like and it kind of started like my set started off pretty decent and then it kind of and then I tried to like move into some techno but I played a track that I didn't really know and it did not sound good and I was like oh my god I I just need I needed to just eject from that as fast as possible
0: did it clear out the dance floor (laughs) I
3: I, I don't know it was already pretty late it didn't I think it I don't think it exactly cleared out the dance floor but it definitely was a weird vibe change that I just kind of had to eject but um but I mean that's that's just all part of DJing especially when you're just kind of improvising and don't know what you want to kind of do at that point
2: yeah, but um
3: that. but taking yeah taking breaks has been a big part of like yeah it's been really important because I can get to the point because I like moving because with my mindset I'm like getting like production mindsets or like DJing mindsets I'm not good at like working on a song and then recording a mix and then like going work on another song and then preparing for a gig. Like when I'm preparing for a mix or a gig, I get like really zoned in on that. And I kind of just don't work on, I don't work on production anymore. I'll just stop that for like a week or two. And like the whole month, it got to the point where I was only working on DJing where I was only working on like the next mix I have to do or the next gig or whatever. Because I usually, I usually prepare for stuff like, a week. I try to do like a week or like five days ahead. I start preparing for gigs, but um, but it it uh, but yeah, it just got to the point where I was kind of just focusing all on DJing, and I hadn't, I barely opened up any any. I was barely working on any projects in March, and I was kind of like, oh no, I need to, I need to get back to working on music. So April, I'm definitely gonna take a step back a little bit from DJing, but it's also not april Ma- may i'm going to be taking a step back from like i have like one gig at the end of the month and then i'm um, taking a step back to put more work on music but also to focus on like um my set for a shaker mountain in Yay. june which i'm really excited for that's
0: gonna be awesome i, I hope tickets are still available because i want to buy some uh, i think they
3: uh, have like res- you can like uh try and get resale but
0: no oh, it's so out.
3: Yeah. oh crap
0: Well, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to try and see something. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I don't think people understand how much preparation that DJs spend a lot of time, you know, perfecting their sets, putting things together. Because obviously, if you're playing at a different time, you need to have different kinds of music set up for Those time slots. Um, and then, yeah, it's just a part of the craft. You're constantly collecting, constantly sorting through all these different sounds. Um, and that is work. Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. a lot of work.
3: Exactly. Uh, like I, go, I go on deep YouTube, YouTube digs for like old UKG. Most of the, like a lot of the UKG I have is like just old, just deep, deep YouTube digs, or like I'm watching like a a dj he's a um, boiler room and he plays a track and it's like and either i got, I got two options i either have they either hopefully i pray that somebody did the track list in the comments which sometimes people do and those people oh my god
2: those they're people awesome.
3: they're they're incredible that, that's incredible I, I could never do that but whoever but people that spend their time doing that they are the best but um but yeah either have that or you just kind of like just like dig and like just look all over the place and you're just like read you're just like searching random stuff and just hope to fall to fall on it one day
0: that's a fact um you know after that busy month what I did actually was like like for a week I didn't even touch my cdjs just because I was just kind of trying to you know let the moment sit in process all the different gigs you know <laughs> how did I do well in this moment? Or, you know, what do I need to improve on? So like, I'm doing a thing now where I intentionally like don't DJ for weeks. So my mind can reset creatively and I want to get back on and experiment with new ideas. When those ideas spark, you know, I find that that's, um, you know, helping me to stay on my toes creatively, so to speak.
3: Yeah, exactly. Like uh, that's definitely, yeah. The reset is always so good because I definitely go through like, stages with kind of what music i want to play like sometimes i'm just like really really deep into ukg and i want to play a ton of ukg sometimes i'm like really into like baseline and stuff sometimes i want to play a bunch of clubs sometimes i want to play a bunch of techno and it's like sometimes you can kind of just get stuck and you don't really have time to like kind of come back to your club music or like your techno stuff and you kind of just get like stuck playing one type of music or i don't know i don't don't know where i was trying to go with that (laughs) <laughs> but um <laughs> but the the, re, the resets always really good cuz it, it's just a good break and you come with you come back with a fresh mindset just to mixing and beat matching and you you kind of can like take the time to reflect on yeah like you said to reflect on gigs and see where did stuff go wrong cuz that's really important like um kind of positively reflecting on you're on your on your um, on your gigs well constructively i don't know about possibly constructively reflecting on your gigs is really important to do because it's easy to get really toxic doing that
0: Yeah, can get like i think it was ekis who i actually talked to uh previously on the show and he was saying that <laughs> whenever he has a bad blend like he's just so self-critical like to the point where he doesn't do it he like he tr- intentionally tries not to have a bad blend because he knows that he's just gonna like kick himself a thousand times yeah
3: <laughs> no, yeah it's the same thing it's the same thing with me I remember like the, the gig that I know for sure I bombed I was playing after a um, question mark for uh one of uh for one of xmpz's
2: oh, and nervous. you know
3: other people weren't saying I bombed it but I felt like like I feel like that's you know it's it's I think it's most important about how you feel about your gig if you feel you did great that's amazing if you feel like you didn't do well then that's also okay just don't be toxic about it yeah. but um but I like, I just, I like, I think I I was like clipping way too hard and I wasn't able to hear things in my headphones and I was just, I was, I was lost on the text. It was, it was bad. It was bad. But, um okay. but, but it's that, yeah, but it's like something that you kind of have to just like, you know, you'd be upset about it but you kind of have to reflect and be like okay how can i avoid this happening again and from there i kind of started really focusing on organizing my tracks number one so that i'm not taking too much time looking for a track Mm -hmm. and number two is like really good preparation because if you're somebody that does like kind of beat yourself for like a bad blend or a bad transition or something like that Mm -hmm. preparation is probably all you got like is the best option you've got you know like if you know if you know how a track works it's it's so it's so easy to kind of error a leg if you know how to track work so you just it's easy to finesse when you when you properly prepared you know
0: that's a fact what kind of dj are you are you like an introverted dj are you an extroverted dj
3: i'm definitely very introverted i don't i'm not i'm not doing too much behind when i'm behind the decks i'm like working when people come up to talk to me i'm like i I don't want to talk right now i'm definitely like very much in the zone just like looking down i'll look up sometimes if it's like really a nice moment you know I'll try and do something but I'm definitely much more of an introverted DJ I'm trying to get like a little bit more extroverted because it is fun like I'm not trying I don't want to like be missing like everybody else is having fun I'm like you know staying in the zone but like sometimes you just got to step back and like actually enjoy you know enjoy the music you put you're playing you know I definitely like um I remember I was, I was playing Mood Ring um, with uh, Kylie and it was like a UK night. And so I was, I was doing like wheel ups and everything because we were just, we were just doing all UK music. So I was like, all right, I'm going to just do this. I don't care if nobody gets it, I'm going to do it. But, um but it's just like, just just doing moments like that where it's like, you know, you, you kind of break up, you, you break, you kind of take a break in the music, wow. but you, sometimes, sometimes the song just hits that well, you just got to, the hard that you just got to restart it and play it. And really like, just like appreciate it, you know?
0: Yeah, man, those are the, those are the peak moments. I love that stuff. Um, just kind of going back to uh, the topic of mental health. Some of my previous guests for this, um, I guess for this this show, because I'm going to split it into three series, the topic mm-hmm. of social media has always come up and how yeah. obviously it can be detrimental to your mental oh, health, yeah. you know, always constantly being there what's your take on social media
3: um yeah social media can definitely beat you down uh like not even not even saying not even like some like hater stuff it's just like it just you just end up comparing yourself to so many other people and you see everybody like oh this person got another crazy this person got this crazy gig or this person got this crazy gig and then you might be feeling like, oh man, I deserve that. Why am I not getting that, like, mm-hmm. and stuff like? And you get you get it with that, or it's or like, um, if you're like a bigger DJ, you might just have people like hating on what you're doing or like what music you're playing or something. And it's just, it just gives so many, it just gives, it one, gives so many people access to you, mm. and two, it gives you so much access to other people's lives. And I guess I should, I should talk about with my experience, I should, I'm talking just too much in general, mm-hmm. but with my experience, I definitely can get, like, just so lost in other people's lives, just scrolling through uh, Twitter and stuff, that I lose focus on, like, myself and what I have to do because I'm a very I'm, I can sometimes be a very sensitive person to just what I see on social media and kind of just like take things out of context in my head and just like get upset about just like random things like I said whether it's like oh I deserve something like that or or you know whatever or like you know why isn't this person supporting my music or um, stuff like that or like this person unfollowed me why did this person unfollow me it's like You can't you 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 really have to just I started taking a break from social from at least Twitter. Twitter's especially where it kind of gets toxic for me, Instagram less though. Yeah. Because everybody's got an opinion on Twitter. Oh man. (laughs) Everybody's got an opinion on Twitter.
0: Especially the DJ community.
3: (laughs) Exactly. Like and it's like and it's like I use like sometimes I'll tweet serious stuff on Twitter, but usually it's just me being like just tweeting random stuff and having fun. But like It's just, like, it's never, like, at least for me, it's never, like, I get hit with something crazy. Like, I never, I rarely ever go on Twitter and just see something that ruins my day.
2: Mm. It's usually,
3: like, very small acute things that are, like, it's, like, um, Death by a Thousand Cuts, where it's just, like, very small acute things over and over and over and over again. Yeah. That you just, that just, like, you could be having a great day and then you see some small, you see some small thing and then it's just, like, ah.
2: and
3: and it's like it doesn't ruin your day it's just like it's just we it just feels a little weird sometimes yeah and um and yeah so it's definitely like it's definitely like you know people always talk about like protecting your peace and that's like really important on twitter especially as you either follow more people or you or more people are following you like like i've never i've never had to block or i've never had to block like anybody on twitter for like years i've had twitter since like 2011 or something or 2012 i've never had a blocker like mute people and like now i've started to like actually to be like muting people because you just just need you just don't need to see people's content sometimes and like i've unfollowed a bunch of stuff that i just don't need to see because you can kind of it can kind of get to the point where you're just like scrolling you're seeing so much information that does not matter to you Mm. like it is just so many things that you you could care less about and you wouldn't care about if if it wasn't just shoved in your face on Twitter and then also with social media you get hit with the FOMO but it's like it it, just can be really bad especially in New York City where it's like there's like 12 different insane things going on every single weekend and you're just like you're just like oh man I gotta go to to one of these things and then you go and it's like all right I mean that was cool I guess it wasn't really it wasn't really worth it wasn't really worth coming like it it, it happened it happens so often where it was just like all right I did I did not need to come to this what were you saying
0: yeah i'm gonna say yeah like half the time it is you're like oh i need to be there i need to be in that moment and then you're there and you're like well damn none of my friends are here i'm just like tucked away in the corner looking awkward you know yeah
3: exactly or like the crowd is just weird it's just like it's very very rare that like those moments are really special like it's it's just it, de- it definitely like so i've definitely started to just if i'm going out it's to see one or two djs i go see that dj i go home I'm not I'm definitely I've never been somebody that stays out super long but I definitely go like going out with a purpose is definitely uh important you can't you can't get once you get lost in the fomo. over I just oh I have to go to this crazy uh gig with all these DJs or whatever or I have to like hop around and then you're just I don't know then you're just like tired as hell
0: yeah that is very tiring um you know I'm the kind of person that like I have a certain amount of social battery that <laughs> I'm able to withstand and then, you know, I need to reset after a while. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But yeah, I think that for, for me, social media just like definitely uh, became an anxiety. And People won't know that I'm actually doing things or like I won't get booked because I'm not showing myself on there. And that's when I was like, OK, this is becoming a little bit toxic for me, you know, like my worth and my creative worth shouldn't be tied to these platforms yeah. you know what i mean
3: no yeah definitely definitely when you start getting like stuck in that in that loop of like oh man i have to consistently be reminding people that i'm a dj or that i produce music <laughs> and all this stuff when it's like it's like you don't need you don't need to be posting a new a new mix or a new dj clip or a new like yeah or whatever like every week Or it's like you could do that and you're constantly in people's faces but like do that if like if you if you have like the loose content i guess you could do it right. but like when you start going out of your way and feeling pressure to do it that's when it starts that's when it starts getting really toxic and tiring
0: yeah yeah and I, I just want to reinforce that there's nothing wrong with doing it but like yeah when it starts to feel like it becomes taxing that's when you're like oh, okay you got to pull back yeah
3: like the second the second like music production or like djing feels like a job unless you're getting the money that like justifies it mm. you need to take a break it it'll it'll just it's like it, it'll just it'll just it'll absolutely burn you out
0: fact. um besides therapy are there any other methods of just like mental health practices that you're doing at the moment whether it be exercise or just a diet change or, or something of that nature
3: um yeah uh ex- i've definitely been trying to get back into exercising where like i'm going out to like playing playing basketball with my friend or just going out to the gym and stuff as that's definitely like super important and, and it not only just like helps you know you like feel better or whatever but also helps with like um like if you have eating problems or if you have like trouble with sleeping because just just like if you're just like sitting around you know digging or like practicing djing you know your body's not using that much oh wait are you still there it says internet connection your is unstable
0: Yeah,
3: I'm here. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. It was was just, it just said that it was unstable, but you're still here. But, um, uh, but yeah, like exercise has been a big part of it. And it helps with sleeping a lot because you, if you, if you go out and work out, you know, like you've just, I mean, you're, you're expending energy and everything and your body's going to end up getting tired a lot easier rather than like it's 2 a.m. and now you got to force yourself to sleep and that kind of stuff. But, um, that, um, so i guess maybe maybe this is like a practice but celebrate celebrate like when you do something when you get something cool like celebrate your successes is something that i'm trying to learn now like i feel like a lot of people don't properly celebrate when like, when they get a really great opportunity and stuff like you get your first gig like that's that's a big that's a big deal a lot of people don't even get don't even get a first gig so it's just like definitely take the time to celebrate when you get really cool opportunities. Do you get a boiler room? Go go celebrate. Not the actual not at the actual like oh out a dinner or something. Like take time to actually celebrate your success. Celebrate when you do, when you get cool opportunities, when you're doing cool stuff. Don't always get down on yourself that you didn't do something well. It's easy it's easy to get locked into that. But um
0: that's a fact.
3: But yeah. You
0: gotta give yourself a pat on the back and give yourself credit where credit is due. I mean yeah. It's a pretty exactly. unique. I mean, just to be in this community and have a chance to DJ at any establishment here in New York City is a huge accomplishment. I mean, this is the mecca for dance music and all kinds of genres. So yeah, exactly. That in and of itself <laughs> is an accomplishment. You know?
3: Exactly. Also, like another thing is just like find like really wholesome things to do that are outside of music. Whether it, you know, just like hobbies or whatever like find things that really just like kind of satisfy your soul because that's that's really important to just take a step back from clubs and all that stuff whether that's you know I don't know going on hikes or like going fishing or riding your bike or whatever like doing things like that is so important because it's just it just reminds it reminds you to like live life and that your life is like bigger than like just working on music or just constantly DJing and stuff like you still have a whole life to live you know you don't want to you don't want to be missing out especially when you're young you don't want to be missing out Your on your like years is when you're young and you can just do like the most insane stuff and then the next day you're you know you're all good to go again like
2: yeah.
3: it's it's definitely something that you want to take in and appreciate but yeah. um
0: Man, you're dropping so many gems for us right now. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, I took, I took, I took notes yesterday just because I have the tendency if I get put in on the spot and I haven't pre thought of what I want to talk about, I will absolutely blank out. So I took. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you so much for preparing. Um, uh, just wrapping up here. It's it's so amazing that you said that because I um, was just thinking the same thing the other day. I was like, you know what? I shouldn't get down on myself for taking time because. You know, I'm actually like shifting my time to things that I I absolutely love outside of music, whether that's hanging out with my family or my boyfriend or or just like enjoying life in the moment. And I think, you know, constantly being plugged into social media or, yeah, just our creative lives can kind of, you know, uh, take us away from that that realization and that truth.
3: Yeah, exactly. And like when I was and like me taking a break from DJing is just so that like I have time to like play video games and like or like go out and play like basketball with my friends or go out to the gym because it's just it's like yeah you could probably fit that in with like you know DJing and going to work and stuff but that just ends up being stressful like oh you wake up at six a.m. to go to the gym and then you got work then you got to get home work on this gig. That you got coming up this weekend and it's just it becomes too much like when you just sometimes you just got to prioritize different things as they come up
0: mm-hmm. have you feel um have you felt like your therapy sessions um have made you into a better artist or a better dj in some sort of way
3: um yeah i think so for sure i feel like understanding yourself better emotionally definitely like will just like translate into your music number one like why do you why do you enjoy this music or what does this music mean to you I feel like you have to 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 understand that you also have to understand yourself you know Mm -hmm. like if you're some like I very much enjoy ambient music because it kind of gives me space to like think and just kind of just yeah just to just to think and exist and feel emotion like it just gives so much space for that especially like that. And like, I'll enjoy looped music a lot. So like hip hop or with like minimal techno where it's mostly just a loop, the whole track. I just like, I like consistency a lot because I'm not a very just like emotionally, I'm a very inconsistent person mm. and the, just like finding that consistency. In, and I think that's also why I enjoy dance music so much. Cause it's just having that consistency to just keep moving to is just satisfying and it lets and it gives me space to 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 think which isn't the best it's not always if I'm on the dance floor it's not always the best time to think I'm not good at kind of just like having no thoughts but it's like but that's also but like it just when but it's just yeah it gives you the space to just move and exist and not and have something to focus on and it's like and just I mean with music and everything like as Yeah, like I said, as you learn more about yourself, you'll learn more about your music and you'll learn more about why that music means a lot to you. You know, you'll understand why you, you enjoy this sad song so much or whatever, you know,
2: yeah, that's a it's year. really
3: important. Because it's the music. Music is like super emotional. It's super emotional stuff. It's not like, like when you're just when you. That's why I like when like the hedonism. You know you have like the problem with like hedonism and music and stuff. Sometimes it kind of gets lost in like how it, like emotional this music actually can be.
0: It is, and like, do you feel like your tracks are almost an extension of yourself, right? Because I would imagine that like, and I, and I hope and I pray to get into producing soon. Um, but I would I would think that like pulling your heart your soul your your time into these tracks that's got to be a really emotional process in and of itself right
3: yeah definitely definitely like especially with my ambient music and like kind of my more melodic music that stuff like that stuff I usually make that stuff like if I'm just like kind of going through something at the time because like I said like ambient music just like like ambient music and just i don't like electronic melodic electronic music and stuff like that it like can sometimes just like touch a really deep Mm -hmm. point inside yourself and it's just like oh man yeah you don't even you don't even have to get it immediately but it just it just can sometimes just really touch that that emotional part of you that you need that you need to be touched in but um but yeah, going back to how like my music is kind of a part of me. Yeah, I like. I mean, I think with my dance music, I try to focus more on just like function. Mm-hmm. Like whenever I'm making club or like techno stuff, I usually focus more on function than um, than my emotions and just like functionality with with other tracks and how I can DJ with it and stuff like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: But um, but definitely, I feel like a lot more of my ambient music is a lot more of an extension of myself. And, like, the the emotion, the emotion, emotions in that music is a lot, is very emotional for me.
0: Mm, that's a fact, man. Um, well, we're excited. I'm excited to keep listening to all the incredible things that you're working on. Do you have any um, upcoming albums or projects that you're working on currently that um, we should...
3: I have... I'm going to I'm going I'm finishing up the second my second club tracks EP It's going to be like a lot of edits
2: nice.
3: and which which I'm excited to release um and then I also have a gig on the 22nd at elsewhere which has not been announced yet but it will be announced soon I'm very excited for that and then yeah and then I have shaker mountain in June which will be a ton of fun uh-huh. upstate but that's that's what I got coming up and then also after after the Spoke Tracks EP, I'll probably be working on more techno music like my uh, EP, Clock In. So this guy, I'm really excited to just keep working on that stuff.
0: We're coming out of the interview with Darian. Oh, wow, really killer producer. Um, if you've ever had a chance to listen to some of his um, edits and his original work, I think back in February, he came out with this sick-ass EP called Clock In, just all like kind of like hard like dance you know dance techno just sick stuff um and just happy to have that conversation you know that last part where Darian talked about celebrating your successes was so important to me because I am hyper critical of myself I cannot tell y'all enough (laughs) you may not know but I am super critical Um, of everything I do, whether it's writing, whether it's DJing, but it's so important to remember that, you know, even if you do make a mistake, right? Like this is just a part of the process. You usually learn and and grow and progress when you're doing something, you know, a billion times Um, and you get better at it eventually. And it's so important to actually focus on that success journey you know like the evolution instead of worrying about making mistakes or fumbling because that's just a part of the process and it was really nice to have that reminder from Darian um and also the tidbit that he dropped about um just having a good supportive community around you you know like Everyone that I have met um, in my personal friend group, my family, I'm so blessed to have around me because they keep me in check when I'm like, yo, I don't think I could do this or I'm doubting myself. It is so imperative to have those folks, those day ones who put things in perspective for you. So, man, what a beautiful episode, a great way to kick off the series next week or the week after next. We'll we'll have another really great conversation. I want to keep you on your toes. I'm not going to tell you who it is. Um, but very, very, very happy. And again, shout out to everybody who contributed to this. Um, happy, really looking forward to sharing the next one with you. So peace, love, God bless until next time.